0: and welcome to Global Yoga Flow Podcasts. In this podcast, we talk about the kleshas. In the second chapter of the Yoga Sutras, Patanjali outlines five common negative thought streams that we can be aware of and therefore begin to dissolve as strong blocks in our mind and open them to strengthening more positive, constructive, healing thought forms. So these five negative thought forms are called the kleshas. Sometimes I think of the word clash, how it sounds a little like klesha clash. And so these are five types of thinking that clash with our natural flow of confidence, empowerment, and joyful growth. So, the five kleshas. The sutra sounds something like this Avidya, Asmita, Raga, Dvesha, Abhinavesha, Pancha, Klesha. So, it's telling us, it's listing the five Kleshas, and then Pancha means five, and Klesha, that is what these are. So it's a very simple sutra like most sutras it's almost like it's written in code and then we get to decipher it. We get to unpackage the deeper meaning so we can apply it to our lives. So the five negative thought forms are avidya, ignorance, asmita, the illusion of separation, raga, lust, and dvesha, repulsion. abhinavesha is fear of letting go, commonly thought of as fear of death, the ultimate letting go. So let's look at the first one, avidya ignorance. Now this is a very specific type of ignorance. It is a forgetting or an ignorance of who we truly are, an ignorance of our ability to focus and through our ability to focus to create deliberately the flow of our own lives. So it is an ignorance that we are source energy, that God is within us, and that we came here to use that God source energy to create our own individual legacy of betterment, of of beauty, of connection and healing. When we forget that we feel powerless in our lives and that is often when we have a lot of negative thinking. We think that we have um, an environment that's coming at us and we have no control. So generally we're reacting to that in sort of a defensive way and we become unkind, a little bit desperate and mean. So this is a negative root in our, in our thinking, avidya, forgetting or being ignorant of who we truly are, our creative power and our never-ending connection to source, source energy, the same energy that creates universes and the flow of life. So can you think of a time when someone taught you something so helpful, and it totally changed your life. Something that, that, I mean, they really taught it to you by example and by um, giving you something to do and experiment with so you had a direct experience of it and you got it and you were like, whoa, why didn't somebody tell me this before? This changes the game totally. So maybe you remember feeling that you wished you'd known that sooner because it took away so much suffering. Well, this is an example of, of why avidya or ignorance is called a klesha because it can really block the flow of, of more ease, confidence, and empowerment in our lives and in our ability to um, assuage any kind of fear or, or lack of control. So, so by seeking new knowledge, this is the teaching, by seeking new knowledge, Letting that be the freight train of our lives, I'm always wanting to learn something new. I'm always wanting to understand who I am more deeply. It's not always through book learning, although that's a great way to seek knowledge. But that deeper knowledge of who I am, feeling into the mystery, feeling into connection with your soul, that also is the seeker's journey to keep our ignorance at bay and our curiosity nice and strong. Okay, the second klesha, Asmita. Asmita is a sense of false separation. Sometimes I'll do word games to remember the meaning. Asmita, I think of that center syllable me. Asmita. It's all about mita. Asmita. It's just about mita. So you can be goofy like that and remember the meaning of the word. That's a fun way to learn. Asmita, it's all about mita. So it's a forgetting of our interconnectedness with each other, with all of life. And that forgetting, asmita, forgetting our interconnectedness usually comes from an ego that's desperate to get what it wants right now, no matter who I have to step on, on the way. And that kind of desperation can only come from an ego that doesn't really understand its place in the larger flow. And desperation is always coming from a deeper sense of I'm not enough. Otherwise, why would we be desperate about something? It's like desperation, extreme behavior of any kind is trying to compensate for a very deep sense of lack, right? Why would we have to flail if we didn't feel like it was all slipping away? Right? So asmita is this false sense of I'm separate, I'm all alone, I have to prove myself, I have to be as big as I can or no one will notice me or I won't get what I need. So that sort of ego desperation, we've all had it. You know, it's, it's what we're calling in the kleshas asmita. So have you ever had a moment of, of releasing that desperate ego impatience. If you ever had a moment of like, okay, I just totally give up. I've been trying to control this thing. It's clearly not controllable. I've been trying to tell everybody how to do it right. Nobody's listening to me. I give up. So you let go of this sort of impatient need to control and you just allow things to unfold as they are. You just allow others to get what they think they need. You just walk away. And have you noticed that when you do that, oftentimes, our needs end up getting met as well? Maybe just not in the way we originally were grasping to, but we go, oh, that kind of worked out for me. Hmm, interesting. So this is an example of how assuaging asmita, if we can calm down that sense of, of separation and a desperate ego, that, that we understand that the, the big changes in the collective are always wanting to serve each individual in a way that would bring out their best, right? And often we, we don't have the perspective of that. And asmita gets in the way of understanding, oh, oh, if I'm seeing this whole thing as a shift for the collective rather than just me, then I will be able to receive the part that is of benefit for just me because there never is a separation. There never is. What brings out the best in each individual is also what lights up the collective in in the highest way. And so uh, Asmita is, is forgetting that and Anything that we can do to feel, oh, I'm getting what I need, and it's lighting up the hole. That's going to mellow out asmita, that klesha that can get in the way of our natural health and joy. The third klesha is raga, and this is a sense of desperate wanting. I need it now. Give it to me now, daddy. I must have it or I cannot be happy. That's the essence of raga, the klesha. Of lust. So when we want something desperately, again, extreme or desperate behavior is always a sign that something deeper inside of us is lacking. Okay so Raga is a sign that we've forgotten the true gift of life is the energy that comes from our manifestation. If you've ever had a a situation where you're you're almost like crazy for this thing Sometimes, you know, this is what creates those big blowout messes like adultery. I must have that person even though I've promised myself to my wife or husband. I must have that person. And you just, you're blind to the mess you're going to make and the hearts you're going to break and the kids you're going to disappoint. And you go and you do it. And you have that wild night. And then you recognize that that temporary high is nothing compared to that long term peace and trust of the, of the beloved and trust of the children and goodness of their futures. All of that wonderful energy was much more important than that moment of the lust manifesting. So, so Raga is often a forgetting that, that the true gift is the energy You know, not that person's hands on my body or my hands on their body. Or even somebody who has an opportunity to steal something and get a bunch of money. They understand that when I'm in my quiet moment with myself, if I don't feel good about the things I've done and the principles I've lived by, then this wad of cash I could steal from this person has no meaning. So when we understand, again, that the true gift of life is the energy that we feel in our quiet moments about who we are and who we're becoming, then then we don't really have that sense of desperately grasping at things like money or sexual encounters. And the cool thing that happens when we mellow that desperate lust is that we get those things but in a way that serves our highest and keeps the peace with the people, the community around us. You're going to get what you need. You don't have to do the desperate, give it to me now thing. In fact, that pinches off your ability to receive it in a way that's sustainable and keeps the peace. So Raga. Yeah. Really, that's a nice one to just breathe through and mellow it out. You practice mellowing it out by remembering that the true gift is the energy and not the thing. And then the thing comes and you get the energy. Okay. So here's a nice, before we move on, here's a nice summation of Raga. When we think we can't be happy without having something, then we're perpetuating our dependence on outer conditions in order to feel good or in order to feel at peace inside. We don't want to perpetuate that. And and the practice is teaching us feel good first. Find a way to feel good no matter what the outer conditions are. Feel your goodness, your sweetness, your inner peace no matter what the outer conditions are, live in that wonderful energy, even live in the energy of the abundance you want or the new lover that you want or the rekindling in a relationship that you want, live in that energy, feel good first and the outer form will have to shift according to the the shift of your energy but if through desperation you reach for the outer thing it's going to feel yucky inside, it's not going to be what you want. Okay. The fourth klesha is devesha. It's just, it's my favorite one. It's repulsion. It's like when you see something, or you see somebody eating something, you know, like in different countries where, yes, we are having flesh of cat, or we are having um, bug larvae for dinner, cooked in basil. You're watching people eat these things that make us just... mm, wretch like we want to vomit so that that's a Dvesha. but you can also sense how it's like the essence of judgment too you know you see somebody wearing something that you think is ridiculous or with a haircut that you think is very unattractive and you're like oh I would never do that oh disgusting oh repulsive that's that's (laughs) devatia So when we decide that someone or something is repulsive, we're blocking our ability that everything has a place in the world. Every choice has a place in the flow of life. And even things that we think are terrible are, are often an important part of another soul's journey. You know, some people do actually come to the planet to be, to live a life of the warrior. And to really be involved in in things that perhaps are repulsive to us. But there is this soul that just knows this is the exploration they came to do. And there might be, you know, battle and, and blood and things that we do not want to invite into our experience. But can we honor and respect that they're part of another's flow and that there's a place in the whole for them? Okay, so, so when we explore these things that, re, that repel us with, with, with a, that kind of compassion or broader perspective, then, then we can understand that, that each choice does have um, a life enhancing lesson in the long run, even if we can see that perhaps a bigger person is, is doing harm to a smaller innocent person and and often we do need to step in and when we feel like that is the right thing to do by no means does devacious say you know watch somebody suffer and do nothing each person also has to decide what is best for them as far as responding to a situation like that but often we perhaps have seen in our lives where um you know, a a great loss, perhaps a child dying young in a family that has has caused the family to come closer, has caused the family to consider the mystery of what happens when we let go of this life, and perhaps has even allowed them to feel a deeper connection with the soul of the young one who has passed early. So these are the things that with the broader perspective we can start to understand that there is in the in the long run, I'm talking long run broad view, that there is um there is a gift, even in some of the most traumatic situations in life. But in general, you know, in your day-to-day flow, just watching this, this habit of, Ugh, blech, oh, he's ugly, she's ugly, that's disgusting, that stinks, and just... Hmm, maybe looking at these things more as, whoa, check out the diversity that we live in. When you understand that things that, that don't appeal to you, if you just let them float by like the tropical fish in the tank we're all in, rather than focusing on them, they don't come into your experience and you can sort of bless them and honor them without thinking that, you know, they need to be in your refrigerator or in your bed, right? Or in your closet, if we're talking about fashion. It's like when you walk through a, a store, you're shopping for clothing, right? You're not you're in Macy's. You're going through the racks. You're not picking up every ugly thing, holding it up and shouting and going, "Why is this disgusting thing on the rack?" And then you get to the next one, "Geez, who picked this out?" You're not doing that. You're just passing by, passing by and passing by until you find the thing that goes, "Hmm, yeah, that's me. I like that." Passing that, passing that, passing that, passing that. "Ah, oh, this is good." Same thing with the buffet table. You don't go up there and go, "Oh my god, bananas make me sick." Oh, I cannot believe that they have, um, I don't know, lobster, something that's repulsive to you. Um, liver and onions, ah, you, don't, you just go, hmm. You notice it and you walk over to the watermelon or the bacon or whatever it is that turns you on and you put that on your plate. You don't have to judge the other stuff, right? Okay, so the fifth klesha. Again, it, sometimes it's called grasping, just general grasping, or, which is sort of fear of letting go. You can kind of get that. We grasp when we're scared of letting go. But ultimately, abhinavasha, that fifth klesha, is fear of death, which is the ultimate letting go. Right? So this klesha is also rooted in that first klesha, avidya. Right? All kleshas are rooted in that general ignorance of who we really are. If we, if we really had a visceral connection with soul as we move through this life, right, which is really what the, the yoga lifestyle is about, if we had that very, I'm here with my inner being, I'm taking my inner being to the party, I'm taking my inner being into this marriage, I'm taking my inner being into parenthood, I'm taking my inner being who loves me unconditionally to this new job, I'm taking my inner being to the party, right? If we really had that sense of, of the love and the support and the, the resources, the inspiration and guidance that's with us, 24-7, we, we wouldn't be scared of death because we'd understand that it's not an ending. It's, it's just a, a, a release of focus on the art project that's been our body and identity and a coming back home to be like, oh, there you are, inner being. Yeah. Oh, oh I know this place. It's like a, the most familiar homecoming when we fold back into ourselves and, and liberate the focus of, in the physical to return home. To, to the soul. And, and so when we've got to practice that until it becomes comfortable and real, that relationship with the inner being. And that's when Abhinavesha, that last clashy klesha that really gets in the way of the flow of our joy and growth, can start to uh, let go and unravel. And we start moving through, through the world with this new confidence and trust and feeling of I'm never alone. So when we're ignorant of our own true eternal nature and feel disconnected from our inner being, that's when we grasp onto physical life, right? That's when we think we're alone and asmita comes in. That's when we think we have to have this, that, or the other to be happy. That's when we begin to think, I need to get that out of my face or I can't be happy. I need to judge it. I need to wrestle it to the ground and kill it or I can't be at peace. You know, that's a Devasha the repulsion but when again we are relaxing back into that velvet chariot seat of connection with our soul we can watch it all go by you Now, and you think about the Dalai Lama you, you think about even stories of Jesus and you get that that exp, that yet yeah, that uh, essence of I'm really I'm with myself I'm with my soul here so I can relax about everything I can move fearlessly and with, without judgment through life and still feel the, the yumminess of mixing it up with the diversity of people around me. The yumminess of knowing who I am and offering clearly who I am. So calming our fear of death by creating a tangible relationship with source or with soul that can ease all of these kleshas and that's really that's really what the yoga practice is about creating (laughs) Coupled with intelligent sequencing and intentional transitions, these elements create a yoga style that is a graceful dance of healing and growth. Wisdom Flow Yoga embodies the philosophy that each of us is a unique ray of love, shining out from a central sun of love. And through our offerings of joy, we expand the whole. Wisdom Flow Yoga seeks to empower students to remember their absolute creative power. Just like that beautiful quote from Swami Vivekananda, we are responsible for what we are and whatever we wish ourselves to be, we have the power to make ourselves. This is the empowerment that Wisdom Flow Yoga and Wisdom Flow Yoga teachers are asked to offer first to themselves and then to their students. And it is our birthright, this creative power. It is always there for us. And we practice to remember it, to reveal it again. Ah, yes, that is who I am. I can turn a problem into a solution. I can become more than I ever thought possible and enjoy the ride. And when I do that, I do make an offering to those around me and the whole that I am part of.